And we're back. Tate's Take, the podcast edition, where if you've been listening to some of my previous podcasts, or unless you've been living under a rock, and you've been looking for nothing less than 110% of the best basketball content on the planet, uh, you've certainly come to the right place. No bias talk here, nothing but trustworthy and truthful basketball knowledge informational very educational uh, basketball content you certainly come to the right place of course today we're going to be talking about the united states who defeated turkey in pool play group e of the fiba world cup uh, follow along on social media on all platforms twitter uh, as well as instagram at Tate's Take Hoops, that's at T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Now, i like to dive right into it because I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. I'm done playing with this thing. United States defeats Turkey 93-92 to in overtime. Did it have to take overtime for the United States team to get this win? Of course it did. Chris Middleton scored the team high 15 points. Yes, only 15 points. Team high. You heard me say it correctly. And also scored the game-winning free throws with 2.1 seconds left on the clock. Shot 5 for 9 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, and 2 rebounds. And I'm not going to load you guys down with a bunch of stats necessarily, but I am going to give you guys the ones that you will need. Kimba Walker, who I believe is the heart and soul of this team, 14 points seven assists three steals now didn't shoot particularly well five for 14 from the field however he's a guy that has to take those types of shots in order for this team to have a chance at winning games regardless as to how talented the opposition is three for eight from three six rebounds now the guy who i feel doesn't get nearly enough attention we'll talk about him later on in the podcast who i feel doesn't necessarily get the notoriety that he deserves miles turner 11 points nine rebounds near double double one block one steal three for seven from the field one for two from three four for five from the free throw line again I made sure to put a little bit more emphasis and highlight four for five from the free throw line because we're talking about a guy who's near seven feet and able to shoot free throws, has a really good skill set. He's not the flat-footed big man that runs down the floor like he got two left feet. You heard it correctly, four for five from the charity stripe. Now, uh, Jason Tatum, who did have a double-double, 11 points, 11 rebounds. I'm not particularly thrilled with the way that he shot the ball. Obviously, three for 11 from the field, 0 for three from three-point range, three assists, two blocks, two steals, four freaking turnovers, four freaking turnovers. Left the game with an apparent ankle injury. He will be evaluated accordingly and is questionable for Wednesday's game against Japan. He was helped off the floor, which is obviously not a good sign for the guy who was the third leading scorer in this particular contest. Now, who's going to make up a lot of that time that Jason Tatum may miss? They'll probably be relying fairly heavily on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I think that that will be likely. We'll talk about him a little bit more as well. Uh, but he's more of a guy at that two spot. Jalen Brown will play a lot of the small forward position, if you will. Another guy, Harrison Barnes. Uh, besides Chris Middleton, I think those are the guys that it'll be uh, between Brown, Barnes, and um, and Middleton. Harrison Barnes, 10.6 rebounds, 2 for 6 from the field, 1 for 3 from 3, 1 assist, 1 steal, 5 freaking turnovers. 
This is a team who had far too many turnovers. 14 freaking turnovers on the night. And I'm just saying freaking turnovers because I can't really say all the things that I really want to say. But 14 freaking turnovers. How about nine of those turnovers between Harrison Barnes and Jason Tatum? Which I can, I don't want to live with it. um, But in the moment, a lot of these games, especially international games, they tend to be quite intense. And it's not like the point guard that had four or five turnovers. It wasn't, you know, Donovan Mitchell or Kimball Walker or anyone like that. Um, It was guys that typically aren't the primary ball handlers. Ersan Ilyasova destroyed these guys. 23 points, no surprise. 14 rebounds. 23 and 14. Those are some pretty good numbers. One assist, one block, one steal, 9 for 19 from the field, and 1 for 5 from 3. Not great, 1 for 5 from 3, but hey, 23 points and, and 14 rebounds. Again, another guy who has to take those kind of shots to get, put his team in a position to be able to win. And I try not to butcher people's names. Mali Mamutaglu. I hope I said that right. 18 points for Turkey, two rebounds, two steals, eight for 13 from the field, and two for four from three. Jetty Osman, who plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers, didn't play particularly well today. Yes, you might look at the stat line and see his 15 points. Like, oh, he had a pretty good game to go along with his forces, two rebounds, two blocks, and a steal. But four for 15 from the field and one for seven from three-point range, that's not going to cut it. And a lot of that was, you know, he was non-existent until late in regulation and overtime play. Unfortunately, a little, you know, too little, too late for them. Um, But, you know, certainly Osmond stepped into place. I think that if had Osmond been playing well uh, going into the half, Turkey could have easily, instead of being down at the half, could have certainly been winning this game by every bit of, probably three to seven points, somewhere right around five points. Scotty Wilbekin, if that name rings a bell, former University of Florida point guard with 12 points, three assists, four for eight from the field. So he shot 50%, three for four from three-point range, which is pretty good. But down the stretch, hesitated on some shots, helped the team lose, and he fouled out. Not great decision-making when it mattered the most. But I don't want that to kind of cloud or crowd over his production throughout the course and the duration of the night because he played really good. He did. He, I must say so. He really played well. 78% from the free throw line for United States, but one thing that certainly did not help Turkey is shooting 61% from the place where you get a free space on a bingo card. Shot themselves in the foot when they missed four consecutive free throws down the stretch in less than a minute. 43% from the field and 36% from three for Team Turkey, which I would imagine helped keep them in the game despite their free throws, their poor free throw shooting outing. The United States, 35% from the field, 35% from three. Should have been a loss for the United States. Turkey had 40, they were out-rebounded by 5, but I don't even think that was necessarily the tail of the tape. More of the tail of the tape was the fact that the United States had 51 rebounds total. If you're Turkey or you're just the opposition in general going up against the United States, you must keep the United States under 50 rebounds in contests. 40 if possible. 
if that's even possible. You're going to be going up against some really good teams. This isn't just a team that got a couple NBA players on it and then so on and so forth. This isn't going to be the only team. We saw this exact same thing when they played against Australia with Joe Ingles and Andrew Bogut and, and, and Patty Mills and Matthew Dellavedova and... I'm sure I'm missing somebody else. I just can't think of who it was. But they've got multiple NBA players, and it's not going to get much easier for the United States because although they're in different groups, you still have some really, really talented teams out there, international teams. Give you guys a little bit of an update so you can see who else is on some of these teams that the United States could potentially have some problems with. Brazil defeated Greece 79-78. to Anderson Barajal. Didn't know he was still playing. (laughs) Didn't know he was still lacing them up. Haven't heard that name in a long time. 22 points, 9 rebounds to help Brazil edge Greece by one point. The Greek freak. Let me see if I can say this name correctly. Giannis. No, not Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. There we go. I wonder if I can spell Antetokounmpo. Without even looking, let's see. A-N-T. I can figure that much out. E-T. E K O U N M P O or N P O. I don't know. I've won a spelling bee contest uh, a couple times back in my youth, so hopefully that's right. If it ain't right, I'm sure I'll get blasted on Twitter. And speaking of, again, at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E Hoops. How about moving forward? Uh, that was Group F. Group G, uh, France defeats Jordan 103-64. to Not Michael Jordan. No, we're talking about the country, Jordan. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 16 points, 13 rebounds. Frank Nicolina, uh, 12 points, 5 rebounds, and Evan Fournier, 13 points. Last but certainly not least, in Group H, Lithuania defeats Canada 92-69. I mean, they took them, boy, that, that's what we call a drubbing. Uh, took them to the, the woodshed. We call that an obliteration. That, that, that's like, <laughs> I mean, 92-69, to 69, I'm not good at math. You ask me what's 2 plus 2, I might tell you 22, although I like to think I'm pretty decent at spelling. But however, it doesn't take an Ivy League degree to know 92 to 69. Those boys took the belt off on Canada. DeMontis Sabonis, 10 points, 8 rebounds. Not an amazing night, but enough to get the win, assisting him with that Jonas Valanciunas, 13 points, 8 rebounds. And I still haven't even mentioned the competition that is Spain just yet. So it's going to be... You know, pretty pretty interesting. Uh, the United States, uh, moving forward, United States will play Japan in Shanghai, China. Uh, that is what's up next on Thursday, 8.30 a.m. That's the Eastern Standard Time, of course. And I'm going to get into some of my grumps and gripes of what I saw in today's game against Turkey in regards to the United States. Joe Harris, uh, just a couple little things I've noted here. Joe Harris uh, and Scotty Wilbekin. Had a second half dust up a little bit uh, after Joe Harris got an and one, saving the ball from out of bounds and got back in bounds and put his body and some of his weight uh, into a putback and got an and one and a little bit of a fist pump. He's a fiery guy. And after that play, you know, you've seen him turn around and make all kind of hustle plays and got hustle points and doing all the little things that don't particularly always show up on the stat sheet. Intensity, defense, 
He's a fiery guy, but my problem is that if if this guy, because he, he's the guy that I've seen the most emotion out of in this particular game, at least. I haven't seen a lot of emotion and passion out of a lot of these United States teams uh, in terms of these games that I've seen so far in the FIBA World Cup. If Joe Harris is this team's bulldog, that's a SMH. That's shaking my head, the emoji with the hand over the face. Yeah, one of those numbers. And just something about Chris Middleton, you know, I I really feel that Chris Middleton, I've always kind of felt this way because I didn't think that he would have an extensive, let alone particularly great or really good or good or necessarily average, probably an average best if I had to guess at that time coming out of, I think, Texas A&M what type of career that he would have. I, I, for a guy who just got a big-time contract, and I think he was an all-star this year for the first time, very underrated, very underappreciated. An all-around game, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a, uh, a pretty good defender. I'm not sure if he's a great defender, but he is a pretty good lockdown defender on the perimeter, and you can't say that about a lot of today's guys in the NBA. Got some sneaky athleticism. I'm not really sure how Harrison Barnes is logging more minutes than Chris Middleton right now at the same position. However, uh, you know, I, 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 I will say enough to say that Chris Middleton, that might be the better role for him. It might be a little bit more fitting, providing some, I guess, a spark off of the bench. But what do I know? You know, I mean, Popovich is the mastermind of this operation. He's leading these guys, I guess. But he's the one with the jewelry, and jewelry speaks. But I'm going to tell you who I do have a problem with on this team. Forget about all the other stuff. And I must say it's bothering me a little bit. Typically things don't nearly come close to pushing my buttons or push the envelope to bother me on a personal level. But it's starting to get a little bit personal for me. Brooke Lopez, who I've never been particularly a big fan of, and I'm not. I guess I can use air quotes here. I'm not totally against the fact that he's on this roster. If he served a purpose on this roster. Despite being a liability on both sides of the ball. Shooting outlandishly from three-point range. Like, I don't understand the purpose of a seven-foot guy who is a traditional center shooting the ball, just jacking shots up, building a house and a garage and a little swing set in the back for the kids to play with. I mean, I mean, just one for four from three point attempts. Who told this guy that he was a jump shooter? He's already putting the team at a disadvantage when in that position from rebounding. And then next thing you know, outlet, outlet, the opposition is going the other direction. And these guys play smart, fundamentally sound brands of basketball. Very basic basketball. It's not that difficult. And they play well together. These international teams, you see it. We've seen it out of Carlos Arroyo. We've seen it out of Manu Ginobili. We see it out of Tony Parker with France. And, and, and we're seeing it here with Ersan Ilyasova with his team in Turkey. I mean, we saw it with Hido Turkoglu, 
who's obviously not running out of that locker room. They could have probably used him and some of his shooting on today. But these guys have been playing together for such a long time. You can't put yourself out of position like that to have your biggest guy on the floor, no matter who you're playing against, to be out of position and shooting threes. He went one for four. One for five from the field. He's the biggest guy on the floor every game. I'm not even really sure what he's doing on this roster. Now, granted, he only played nine minutes and he got three rebounds and two blocks. Let's give everybody, let's give Brooke Lopez a standing ovation for being tall enough to switch billboards. Because he got three rebounds and two blocks. He's, he's, he's creating a disadvantage for his teams in fast-paced games. This is a fast-paced game. This isn't the NBA. And, and the NBA is a fast-paced game. Don't, don't, don't get it mistaken because the international game is a little slower than the NBA. But he's not on an international team where every possession becomes more and more critical and the game slows down by possession. He's not on one of those international teams. He's on the U.S. team where their bread and butter is getting up and down. They don't necessarily want to play a half-court set on offense nor defend a half-court set defensively. What is Brooke Lopez doing on this team? I mean, when you start thinking about it, when Miles Turner goes out of the game, there's only so many guys that you can turn to. And Brooke Lopez is the first guy off the bench at the center position. Now, I like to think, and I'm not sure who, and I might have to do a little bit of my research and do some of my homework, but I like to think that there's better guys besides Mason Plumley and, 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 and Brooke Lopez to bring off of the bench that was on an NBA roster that is an American to substitute off the oak, off the pine. For Miles Turner. Why don't we just throw Robin Lopez in that conversation then since we got Brooke Lopez on the team? We got Mason Plumley on, on, on the squad. Why don't we just add Miles Plumley and Marshall Plumley? Bring those guys out here. How about we bring the Zellers out? Tyler Zeller and Cody Zeller and I feel like there was another one. Who's the guy that played at Notre Dame? Let's see, because Tyler Zeller was at North Carolina. And 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 Cody Zeller was at Indiana. I know that there's another one. I feel like it starts with an R, like a Ryan Zeller or something of that nature from Notre Dame. Bring all those guys in. They can make this team. If not, they can be on the L.A. Select team that beat the United States before all this stuff got started. 36 to what? 36-17, I think, was the end of that scrimmage or game or whatever it was, exhibition, whatever it was, that they had no business beating this team. And I know what people are going to say. People are going to automatically go back to when the Dream Team lost to a lot of the college guys and Bobby Hurley and Chris Weber and a lot of those guys, and they say that that game didn't really count. And a lot of the guys on the Dream Team are like, I don't even know what you're talking about because it was a closed scrimmage. And then all of a sudden, they filled the bleachers up with people to make an official scrimmage and then nobody believed that the college guys the select team quote unquote beat the USA dream team nobody was going to believe that the way that the dream team wiped the floor with a bunch of guys who were rookies and college stars
you need more people. You need more people. Try and get us to believe such things. Although I believe that that did happen. I wonder how I can catch that. I want to see that game. And you know what? And I'm going to say this. This will be the last thing I'm going to say about Brooke Lopez. I hate these types of bigs. I really do. And I know people are like, man, take going in on Brooke Lopez. And I'm not trying to be that dude. I mean, part of it is, part of it is Pop's fault. Not only for this guy to be on the roster. And I'm not saying that he just all out stinks. I don't think Brooke Lopez is, uh, doesn't belong in the NBA. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go that far, but he doesn't belong on this team. And part of the reason is pop is part of the problem, not just because Brooke Lopez is on the team, but because he's giving Brooke, Brooke Lopez the green light and confidence to shoot those shots as if he's a stretch four. You're not a stretch four. And I love stretch fours, but I hate the guys who think that they're a stretch four and they're not a stretch four. Dude, that's not you. That's him. That's not you. Like, growing up playing the game of basketball, I've always been the guy that can break this game down better and understand it and comprehend it a lot better than I could play it. I could always talk it better than I can play it. I don't think I stink. I just don't play it as well as other people. And I know that much about myself. But see, I know my game. If I'm not a shooter, I'm not going to go up there jacking up crazy shots. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to use my speed. I'm going to be a defensive anchor on that side of the ball. I'm not going to be jacking shots. Nothing is worse than when you're playing pickup basketball and you're a guard and you got your big man bringing the ball up the floor and you're up there clapping and doing jumping jacks and he's launching up threes like he's Steph Curry from 30-something feet out from a whole different area code. Like, you're putting us out of position. Nothing is worse than that. I'm all I'm all I'm all in for feeding your big man. But let me let me feed you. Hungry hungry hippo, if you don't get your big butt under the basket. It's a whole different conversation. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. That's just a little bit of my grunts and my gripes. And Donovan Mitchell, and I really like Donovan Mitchell. He's come a long way, especially in my book. I didn't see him doing the things that he has done in the NBA so far uh, leading up to this point coming out of Louisville. But um, he's certainly made a name for himself and has shown some flashes. He, he, I think he also looks to occasionally play in Kimball Walker's shadow sometimes on this particular roster in these games that I've seen. Um, I question if he would be good enough to make the Olympic team. Now, there's a big difference. There's the Olympic team and there's the FIBA World Cup team. This is the FIBA World Cup team. I'm And I don't have an issue with him being on this roster at all. I don't necessarily have a problem with Donovan Mitchell being on the Olympic team either, but I question is he good enough to make the Olympic team if the best of the best that the United States had to offer played? The heart and soul of this team in Kemba Walker that I said, mentioned this earlier, is he good enough to make the Olympic team if the best of the best players played? If it was Kyrie Irving at the starting position for at point guard, could Kimball Walker challenge him for that? Could Donovan Mitchell challenge him for that? Even though I don't think Donovan Mitchell is per se a, a, a point guard. I think he's more of a combo guard that could play possessions uh, at point guard. And you may not miss much of a beat. But he's more of a scoring guard. He's more Damian Lillard, I think. 
But if Kyrie Irving is a starting point guard for this team and you only have one other spot for somebody to come off the bench and maybe ch- challenge uh, 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 Kyrie Irving for that starting position, would it be Kemba or would it be Donovan Mitchell? Just for craps and giggles, would it, you know, possibly be... Um, I'm trying to think. I think I kind of lost my train of thought right there. But, um, you know, you have your Kimball Walker, your Donovan Mitchell. Oh, Damian Lillard. Would he be the guy? That's my question. Would you take Donovan Mitchell or would you take Kimball Walker? Listen to this podcast. Feel free to tweet me on that. At Tate's Take Hoops. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E Hoops. Again, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. If you want to weigh in on that, feel free. Let's go back and forth. Let's debate. I can play devil's advocate. I can rock. I can roll whichever way you want to go with it. Just roll it out there and we can get busy. Donovan Mitchell took a knee to the groin in penetration. That's not an ideal situation for any man. I've had one of those injuries, but nobody need me in my groin. I kind of tore it up on my own. One of the worst and most aggravating, not necessarily painful injury, but just heard something pop, and then you can't really walk the same. It's very, it plays a lot of tricks on your mind. It's one of those injuries that you'll forget that you injured and try to do something and move around as if you never injured it because you forgot you injured it, injured it. And then you turn around and be like, oh, I forgot I injured this and put yourself in more pain. One of those types of situations. And I want to get ready to finish up here because I know that, you know, some 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 uh, some people want to weigh in on social media and I don't want to get too long winded. But um, something else I noticed, Jason Tatum I think that his most aggressive contested move that I've seen in a non-Duke uniform, besides the monster rebound that he had uh, earlier on this morning, came late in the fourth quarter where he tried to go up and dunk on a player. And even though he was non-successful, I commend Jason Tatum for that. And the reason why I do it, some people say, well, Deshaun, why do you say that? Because he's so much of a finesse player. He's so Carmelo-like to me. And he's finesse, and he's good. He's a really, really good player. Has a lot of upside. He has a lot of talent, and I think that he has the potential to. I wouldn't necessarily say be a great player in the NBA, but I'll say a really, really good player. Like there's average and mediocre players, and then there's good players. There's pretty good players. There's really good player. Like I think he's a really, really. I think he has the potential to be a really, really good player. I think he's already better than average, and I think that he's pretty good. But I don't think that he's great. And I'm not sure if he'll ever be that. But he doesn't have to necessarily be that. However, we'll see if uh, Brad Stevens um, and Danny Ainge pulls the trigger after this most recent injury to the guy that I say always plays too cool, too light-skinned. Yeah, I can say that. I'm light-skinned. LSU. Hashtag LSU. Hashtag light-skinned United. I got that from my boy, Iron Mike Dyson. Not Tyson. Dyson. He's too light-skinned. He plays too cool sometimes. That's my grump. That's my gripe about Jason Tatum. One thing that was impressive, uh, Kimball Walker hit a big 
a big three-point shot to end the third quarter, giving the United States uh, a four-point lead at the buzzer. Very impressive. And I even seen white chocolate. Jason Williams in attendance checking out this game. And all the games for the United States are sold out at this point. I say they need to go out there and make a statement and beat Japan. Like, are they going to beat anybody by 20-plus? Fine, let's say 20. I want to see them beat someone by 25 to 30 or more. That'll that that'll make me feel pretty good about what's going on here. Maybe last week I might have been a little bit too hard on 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 the USA team last week. You can always go back and listen to that podcast. But all they've been doing is showcasing poor switching on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's going to be their Achilles heel. They don't move laterally well together. They don't necessarily – they seem out of sync. They're not all that vocal. And I know that it's not the best of the best talent. We keep going through this over and over again. I understand that. I really, really do. And they're still trying to gel and develop the chemistry and all that good stuff. Maybe we as Americans are a little spoiled because we expect to get gold. We don't even have to watch these games, we kind of feel like. Not because they're not important or not because they don't count towards anything. And I sometimes wonder if playing for the Olympics or uh, the FIBA World Cup or just sporting USA across your chest in a basketball uniform has gotten kind of like lost its flair a little bit. You know, lost the attraction. It doesn't matter to guys nearly as much to win a medal. Supporting the United States. I don't know. That's a, I don't know. We'll have to ask some players that are feel free if you agree or disagree or think that's what the case is. Uh, again, on the Twitter, um, throw that out there on the social media at Tate's Take Hoops. And I think that it's good for this particular team with this particular roster to compete on this stage because we're going to learn a lot about the United States players. Forget about if they're a second-tier team or a third-tier team or a C-level team or a B-class or whatever. Let's see what those guys have. Because I think a lot of that is going to tell us a lot about the player when we put them on the floor in the NBA this upcoming season. What it's like to be in pressure situations and being the go-to guy on the floor because a lot of people haven't seen a lot of, you know, Miles Turner or Harrison Barnes after Golden State when he was in Dallas and Sacramento and wherever else. Uh, I don't know if he's going to become a journeyman or not, and I think that he has a really good place in this NBA, and I talked about that in the last podcast. But I will say enough to say that we are still learning a lot, not necessarily about this team, but about these players because they're still so young. Donovan Mitchell's still young. Jason Tatum is still young. Jalen Brown's still young. Chris Middleton's still young. What does it say if Team USA wins the FIBA World Cup gold? What does it say with this roster? What does that say about the international teams? What does it say about the current U.S. teams? What's it say if they don't win it? And is this the Olympic team? That's what I want to know. Is this the Olympic team? Because there is a difference. Who on this roster will be on the Olympic team? Who will be on the Olympic team? How would this FIBA team fare if... They put these exact same pieces in the Olympics. 
who on this team is even Olympic worthy? Not knowing who else is going to be on the squad. We're not going to say, well, who on this team between, you know, Joe Harris and Chris Middleton and and Kimba Walker and Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tate, all these guys, uh, Brooke Lopez, out of all these guys, after we find out if LeBron is playing or Steph Curry is playing or Klay Thompson is playing or Paul George is playing or James Harden is playing, without even knowing if those guys are playing, who on this current roster is just worthy of the Olympics without even knowing any of the others? I'll say this in closing, and I'm going to keep on repeating this and repeating it and repeating it and repeating it because I made a bet with my cousin that the Indiana Pacers would finish in, what is it, the top four, the top half of um, the Eastern Conference this year in terms of getting a top four seed in the Eastern Conference when the playoff brackets is released. And it might be like finding Waldo. Where's Waldo? Finding Waldo. Um, to find someone who might agree with me here, but I really believe that Miles Turner is the best player that this USA team in the FIBA World Cup has offered from a consistent standpoint over the course of the last five games. We're going to leave it right there. Remember to follow on social media at Tate's Take. Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Streaming on iTunes, uh, Red Circle, Apple Podcasts. All of that will be right there for you. It's available. Appreciate everybody for sticking in with me and setting in. I hope you learned something. Getting a little bit of Tate's Take right here where you know you get nothing less, nothing short than 110% of the best basketball content. We talk it all prep, uh, high school, collegiate, the NBA, obviously, uh, international, U.S., uh, FIBA World Cup, Olympics, you name it. If that little basketball is dribbling on the floor, uh, I'm going to find a way to find it. If the basketball is dribbling on the moon, guess where Tate's take is going? Give me some credentials in a flight, baby, because we going to the moon. Gravity, here I come. Appreciate everybody for listening. Until the next one, we'll have another podcast. Is going to be recapping the USA game, taking on Japan on this upcoming Thursday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with a podcast with some more information, some more content, some more education shortly to follow. And hope that you had a wonderful and blessed labor holiday.